Hello, hello. Uh, my name is Given Illustrative, and thank you so much for joining us. We are now getting into an interview. Um, sitting here with two awesome people who are going to introduce themselves. We're actually at Vezuluazi Primary School, which is a school that we've visited before. Um, and if you tuned in for that uh, uh, interview that we did then, or the discussion that we did around that time, you would know where Vezuluazi is and the relationship that we have with them. So the last time we were here, we came to deliver the concept dictionaries, which are the dictionaries that are meant to make learning easier for someone who's not a native English speaker speaker, uh, which is something that we do as I am youth. But now you guys know that we have a, a relationship with a Child Protection Hotline, and you've heard Danny's voice before, <laughs> uh, as well as Dana, who works very closely with Danny. Um, so today, I would actually say today we're with him and his guest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're with Dani as well as his guest. Um, so we're going to first of all uh, speak to get into Dani uh, with Child Protection Hotline and what do what does what do you guys do, and especially what we'd come to do today and what we witnessed today. So Dani, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Given how are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. I love the work that we were here to do today, uh, but I want to first of all just get into quickly. Even though a lot of the listeners probably know by now, but what is Child Protection Hotline? So we've we've added a lot of hotlines across the country to yeah. make sure that children that are in need of help can make contact with us. And any child that needs help, uh, whether it's then through a parent or through teachers, can make contact and we can assist that child to get assistance. I mean, you heard today there's a big, big need from the children themselves to yes. be able to speak to someone, speak their mind, be in a safe space where, the, as they put it, their secrets are not being shared with everyone. And that's exactly what we do. So we've got these numbers, you can WhatsApp, you can SMS, you can give us a phone call, and they are available 24 hours a day for any child that needs help. Yeah, and if you're listening, whether you're a parent or you're a young person and you want to get your hands on these numbers, they are available on the I Am Youth website. Simply go to www.imyouth.co.za and then just click on the counselling. Uh, and then there you'll scroll down and find the numbers. Remember, just note that there's two numbers. There's the one for the free WhatsApp counseling. And then the other one is more of the reporting or emergency line. Um, if you just want to send a WhatsApp to get some help, use the WhatsApp line. So that is what Child Protection Hotline does. So, And Danny has already introduced what they do. I'm going to let you introduce the guest that you've brought for <laughs> us today. So, so it's my privilege. Uh, a very beautiful lady, if I yes, can say so yes, myself. Yes. Um, I met Murat with Mary many moons ago, and she became one of our ambassadors. So her heart, as well as we see it from the outside, is for, for the fellow people around us. I mean, she's a doctor. So she's not just pretty, she's clever too. And yeah, uh, yo, we enjoy taking Muratwe with us because she always inspires the kids and she she tells them stories from her own life. And I always find that kids can relate to that a lot better. Mm, mm. Yeah, and that's the pretty lady. That is awesome. So I wanted you to get into like, so I've we've had interviews with people who participate in pageants before, okay. um, which I don't know, would you consider it... Um, competitive. A comp I don't want to call it a sport, obviously, but would you consider yes. it a competitive sport in inverted commas? 
Yes, so firstly, thank you for having me. You're um, most welcome. I'm really excited for the interview. But yes, I am a medical doctor. I'm actually completing my community service. Mm-hmm. And I'm also doing a diploma in mental health. So I actually have a lot of insight as to, you know, working with children as well as the youth and how it all ties in with health in general. Um, in terms of answering the question about pageantry and whether it is a sport, it definitely... A competitive, competitive. sport. It definitely <laughs> is. I think that in a lot of ways, how someone prepares themselves for, I don't want to use the word, the Olympics, but honestly, it really is on the level of preparing yourself, your mind, body, and soul for standing on that stage. And I think a lot of people see, you know, the women there, they're beautiful, they speak well, but a lot of the times you really have put in months of work beforehand so that you are that product on that stage. So you being a doctor is actually opens up um, a few questions for me, right? In, in terms of what the way we understand what it means to be Miss South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a career that you are pursuing, right? Yes. A career that seems very important important to you as a doctor. How does it relate to you then? Because the reason I'm asking is being being particip- aspiring to become Miss South Africa mm-hmm. seems to not be a career. Yes. Right. What is the relationship between the career that you're pursuing and you, the, the, the other? And I'm asking this because I, it's very complicated with you, right? Because usually I'm interviewing a person who was participating in a pageant. Yes. And then whatever other uh, philanthropic or whatever other endeavors that mm-hmm. they're part of, right? The work that they're doing for the community. But you, it's like you're a doctor, Yes. And you're doing this. Yes. And you're doing that. Yes. So what for you, what is the relationship between these? So for me, I've always aspired to becoming a doctor. It was one of my biggest goals. But I also knew that I don't fit into a box. And I've always understood that about myself and it's so important that young people realize what their talents and skills are from young so that they are actually able to hone them and go into the ventures that really do allow them to grow and use platforms so for me i see or view the miss world south africa platform as a way for me to really speak about very important topics not only just to the youth but to the rest of south africans i also represent a a type of woman that I don't think is really put out into the media that mm. much. I think that at the moment, young girls are really exposed to role models that are not necessarily the best. Yeah. And I think that is it is our responsibility as the youth or as young people who are doing good to really put ourselves onto platforms that can show other young people that they can come from a certain place, but they can also get to the places that you can only dream of. And that's basically why I'm here. Very silly question that I'm about to ask now, ne? Okay. <laughs> As a doctor, <laughs> yes. would you consider your 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 life in? Um, actually, I suppose I should ask this: when when you're pursuing to become, let's say, Miss Universe, being like, I'm guessing that's like the highest pursuit you can have, right? Mm. Uh, or point? Yes. Um, are you are you are you? It's a silly question. Are you treating that as a side hustle? Um, you mean re- reaching Miss Universe? Yes. To be honest, I can't say it's a side hustle because at the end of the day, it's a full-time job. And one thing I've always been cognizant of is that at the end of the day, I'm always going to be a doctor. I can attain the, the other dreams that I've always wanted to in this time period because I'm 27 at the moment. But the moment you hit 30... 
I can't be doing the same things I'm doing now, but I can always be a doctor and I'll still be a competent doctor because I've always wanted to go back to school, specialize, and I've never put that part of me to rest. I mean, I've been studying this entire year in addition to competing. So Oof. I think it's just showing that it's still possible. Yeah, no, I completely get you. So Dani, uh, tell me what led to you thinking that she would be the perfect person um, to, to, to work with. I think, well, you guys have already touched on that. I think when you speak to children, they've got different people they look at. I mean, we spoke to the kids earlier. Some like red, some like green, some like blue. Some of them like sports stars. But what happens to the child that doesn't want to be a sports star? Yes. What happens to the child that wants to dance or wants to sing? So we, we started looking a few years ago at adding different personalities in different genres. And one of the genres that is important because it, there is a lot that opens up when you become a beauty queen. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity. I do think and I have seen people misuse that. But in most instances, it really is an opportunity for somebody to come out of nowhere and get a title, get a crown, and then make something for, of their life from there. How many brilliant stories do we have after somebody's been crowned? They write a book. They become a, yes. a, a speaker somewhere, and and they had nothing before. I mean, Murat was mm. like she said, it's going to be a doctor, so she's already got that sorted. This is not going to influence what she does next. Mm. But for some people, this is everything. Somebody, mm. I mean, where we are today, let's use today as an example. There might be a girl here today that sits and says, "I've got no way to escape this. Even if I want to go study, uh, I'm not might not have the marks. I might not have the bursary. So what is my step out?" And then she might have been blessed with looks. Um, and personality, because I think it's not just looks. I think personality <laughs> plays a role. Um, and I think that's the reason we looked at different people. And then I liked her personality from the start. She's always smiling. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if she ever gets upset. But because <laughs> but, but she said she doesn't fit in a box. I must be honest. She's tiny. She can fit into a box. <laughs> I won't fit into a box. Um, but I think that is what led us to not just her, but to, to Muratwe specifically. She was always smiling, always friendly. And the fact that she was a doctor impressed me because it showed so much more. Because myself... When my friends and my lady friends were busy competing in these different competitions many years ago, some of them are really like, mm, maybe you should compete for a crown because it does not seem like that you want to do anything else. You, you just want to use use that. And, and she's hit me as somebody that's more developed. I understand. Um, and that to me is obviously important. Yeah, I really think that, that it becomes such a good um, model that young girls themselves can use. You know, the fact that I can do because for me, I mean, I'm I've, the more and more I've been speaking to people who are participating in this sport, this elite sport. <laughs> I'm actually learning that it it has a lot to do with making an impact, mm-hmm. and that impact will resonate with whatever you 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 wanna wanna do in the world will be different from whatever another person will want to do in the world. Exactly. Um, and I love the fact that from your unique story, it's the fact that you're a doctor. Uh, the fact that you've done the hard time, you are doing now the hours, mm. um, and eventually you were just talking about wanting to specialize as well. Yes. That's a very different conversation to have with a young girl yes. than to just talk about you can be Miss World. Yes, right. Yes, you yes. can be Miss World and become a doctor who, while making an impact. Yeah. So it's not just building brand for no. you. Yeah, <laughs> no. which is essentially what the the economy of today's world is. I need to build a brand, mm-hmm. right? So now, um, today we were talking to a bunch of kids and it, it really touched my heart, hey? 
Um, I think for one, there, there was a sense of seeing that they want to articulate themselves and they don't yet have the lingo for that. Wanting to talk about these are the things that are bothering me at school. Uh, first of all, not having the, 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 the lingo and also struggling with thinking about what everybody else around me is going to hear me say this. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was very interesting watching Danny talk to them and talk to them about bullying, uh, talking to them about... And Danny goes in. I don't <laughs> yes. know if you've ever seen him speak. I have. Like, Danny goes in to a point where I'm even like... <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you want to go there? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm curious as to what is your personal... Uh, first of all, what what have you identified as being some of the, the, the things that young people go through mm -hmm. that that really hit you the most? Mm -hmm. um, and and what do you what do you feel like is what you want to see happen for young people in the country? Mm. So that question is so important to me because, in fact, I work with or actually I have my own organization, which is called Your Health, Your Dignity. And the reason why I saw the need to specifically talk about not only the things I do speak about um, was that a lot of people are scared to go into things like sexual health, reproductive health, teenage pregnancy opening up the very difficult conversations with not only young girls but also young boys because these are not conversations that we have at home and we end up just seeing the repercussions of what happens when we don't deal with things at the foundation. So I basically just go to schools also going to be here as well. Yes. But I speak to an array of um, young girls as well as young boys about what reproductive and sexual health actually looks like, how to protect themselves because I don't go in from an angle of a parent. Yes. I'm coming in as a health professional that was where they are right now. And so I can relate to them on that level. And I think that it's so important that they hear an authority figure and they see me but they can also see me as a friend. And it's a very different dynamic than um, going and speaking to a teacher or going to speak to um, your parent. Yeah. So that's what I'm really passionate about. I think that at the moment, our teenage pregnancy uh, stats are very scary. We've got 10-year-olds um, falling pregnant. And I know that it is... It goes according to things like gender-based violence. It can go against, um, it can go with statutory rape and we can go and touch on those topics. But a lot of the times it is because young people are not well informed. Mm, that's a very, very big one, hey? And I think it's also uh, a hard one to accept mm -hmm. because then it, it really makes us as the parents, those who are older, question whether it is it our fault because i mean you're raising a child in a particular environment yes. and you're 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 showing them certain shows you're taking them to certain locations as you're saying someone like you in the world i believe sort of shows the parent that i mean i could have been feeding my child better information mm. so that they're aware um and i'm curious danny if uh, based on the places that you have gone to, what are the informations that you found kids are lacking that when they hear it to them, it's like, I didn't even realize this is a thing. So as you see, I try and speak to the children. So I'm a father and I try and speak to every child like they're my child. So I think what's lacking is conversation and communication. So, I mean, how many of these kids, we asked the question, can go to mom if something is happening to you? And we had two or three kids put up a hand mm -hmm. in a massive amount of children. Two or three kids 
should not be the number. Mm. So you, we must create that platform where children are open. Exactly what Murat said is open that place where a child can go, I've got a problem. And you heard them also then go, like we said earlier, but who are they going to share my secrets with? So they don't trust either. Um, and now you get back to that place we chatted this morning about fatherlessness. Mm. So when your mom and dad is in the same household, there's a different trust dynamic. Once mom and dad's no longer together, and I mean most of these kids have not even ever seen their dad, now there's a new figure that enters. They don't trust that figure. Mm. Now they stop trusting mom because remember mom and that partner share everything. So now I'm not even sharing with mom. So the topics, like she said, is, is teenage pregnancies. She spoke about 10-year-olds. I mean, the stats for 2021 was 688 births from 9-year-olds and 10-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, 2022, we had over 90,000 births from uh, teenagers. Now, step back. I've been working um, in this country for a long time. If this government releases stats... <laughs> at 25% minimum. Mm. Um, and, and I'm saying that because I've sat in the meetings and there's a, there's a definitely a trying to eradicate it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when they then sell it, they need to be truthful. Because once you're not truthful, kids are not stupid and they are quick to, to put it out like you're not truthful now. Mm. You're not being honest now. You're not sharing with us the correct information. And some of the kids that said thank you, said thank you because we came and we were honest with them and we spoke to them and we, they felt like we understood them. I think the one girl they said, and that to me is important because otherwise there's no conversation. How do you speak to your parent about bullying if your parent is the bully? Ooh, yeah. How do you speak about bullying if the teacher's favorite child is the one bullying you? Or the teacher has a child in the school and that child's the one bullying you. Mm. What do you do if the child that's bullying you at school is one of the sports stars and the principal and them build their school reputation and brand around that child that's now taking the school and the school name to new heights. So we forget about all those things. We need to remember that that child sits there. He's trying to work out life. Mm. And while he's trying to work out life, the information they have available are limited. And they think they know everything I know. I've got two teenagers. They think they know everything. True. Um, and they never make mistakes. Yeah. The, uh, we spoke about that earlier, that responsibility. Um, need to take responsibility. But where do they learn about taking responsibility? If a mom is have, has a new boyfriend every week, they're not learning from mom exactly. about responsibility. Mm. If the teacher is shouting me in the classroom and then the teacher is gossiping about another teacher, I'm not learning about responsibility. Now you get an older friend who's faking. I mean, I worked at a school once and the girl's in grade eight and she says, oh, she's got this matric boy who's looking after her. He's not mm. touched her hand. I don't have to worry. I'm like, listen, I'm a boy. Mm. I might be a man, but I'm still a boy at heart. Mm. He's after you. Mm. No, he's so, no, he's not. <laughs> and I'm not saying all boys are bad, yeah. but he's a matric. What's he doing next year? Yes. Dating a grade nine girl? No, yeah, not at all. Yeah, and and those things need to be said, and that's why it's great to team up, for example, with Moratwe because she's a girl. So as much as I would love to share that information with the girls, they need to hear it from a lady's voice. Exactly. Dana normally does that that lady voice amazingly well because a lot of things the boys as well. Moratwe can speak to the boys, but at some stage somebody needs to sit down a boy and literally go, "This is a weight. It's like you can't carry it." Yeah. I mean, you've seen the one at school where I go. Can you measure your leg? Okay, my bicep's bigger than your leg. Should you really be a bully? Yeah. I don't think it's a good career yeah. for you. Yeah. 
But that's how boys work. You need to be in a boy's face and be to be honest because that's the world. Because normally the boys get left out. Exactly. When we t- to have all these talks, and she said it, teenage pregnancy cannot just be a conversation with girls because mm. a girl cannot get pregnant on her own. Mm. Yeah. So the boys have always been neglected. Okay, boys, you go. We're going to speak to girls about to sanitary girls, pads. Exactly. Boys, you leave. We're going to speak about GBV. Boys, you leave. And I mean, I asked this question a few years ago. I was uh, privileged enough to work with the Orange Brigade, as we call them. And I said, if we're in a country, if we're in a country with GBV stats and fatherlessness, as massive as it is, how many of you ladies, there was about 300 ladies, are single moms? And I think 99% put up their hands. How many of you have got boys? So how is a single mom with a boy raising a rapist mm. and abuser. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. It makes Ooh, zero sense. I, get you. I was not very popular. But the point is, we need to now equip these moms because they don't know how to re- raise boys. Exactly. I'm, I'm divorced very happily. And I always tell my ex-wife when she says things about my boy, you do not understand boys and their hormones. Mm. You've never been a boy. So I know what you've got in your mind as this fantasy idea. Yes. But he's definitely taking sneak peeks at stuff. Mm. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Because mm. I was a very good boy and I know what I did. So he's definitely <laughs> not. Because I always wanted to be a minister in church. So yeah. I was a good boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we need to have these conversations, but not just the kids. We need to educate the moms. Mom, you've got a boy. My boy's perfect. No, he's not. Let's take a step back. You might have a good boy, but let's keep him a good boy because he's going to come here and the kids are going to tease him for being a good boy. Exactly. And then to be formed part of the group, he's going to do naughty stuff. So he needs to have that balance. My boy, when you do this, I always tell my kids, I don't mind if you want to do this, but when you do this, this is, would be the consequence. Are you happy to handle the consequence? No, dad. Then you don't do the deed. And that to me is important. We have to have those conversations. Again, fatherlessness. Mm. Okay, so so the fathers are not the ones raising little GBD monsters. Exactly, exactly. It, we need to have a conversation. Yeah, about I think that. I think it really it's it's definitely I understand the heart behind what you're saying. It's not bl- um, pointing fingers. No, no. It's basically to say that we all have to come to the table because it's this clearly this is a a, a societal problem. It's a problem that we really all come have to come together to solve. Now, I, I I really have been thinking about this as Danny was speaking now that I imagine that. There's someone sitting out there thinking to themselves, and I think from a, a doctor's perspective, it really is a, a, an interesting dynamic for you because from one side, you're a doctor and people understand that if, if I go to a doctor and there's a pain here or I'm sick or I'm, I need to go, you tell me what to do and over time I should get better. Now, there are those who I imagine would think to themselves, oh, but you guys are only going to these schools. You're not giving them medicine to fix these issues that these kids are going. How exactly is what you're doing helping, right? Um, and I think it's very interesting to juxtapose it to someone expecting that. And I, maybe it's the way that we've been conditioned to understand problems being solved, that yes. once it's there, go to the doctor, then it will be it will be solved. But this is a very different one, right? Where actually conversations play a very big role. So I wanted you to speak to that a bit. Yes, um, I think that in a lot of ways, people always want a final product. And this is what we're referring to. I think that people not starting something just because we're not yet at the point of giving resources just eliminates a whole lot of voices that we could have 
with people basically just going out into the communities and actually still making a difference, still with their platform. Yeah, so I, yeah. my goal is to get to the point where I collaborate with the Department of Health and have mobile clinics and I can go into the communities and really bring the resources to the people. And that is where I'm going. It doesn't basically take away from the work that we have already started. And I think yes. that that is very important, that having that com conversation, planting that seed in people's minds so that they're actually aware of these problems basically allows everybody to be on the same page. Yeah. And have a, That's a very good point. I think yes. we take for granted that actually kids aren't aware sometimes. Yeah. And for a, for, for a teenager, there are things that they don't even know are wrong to begin with. Mm -hmm. And these are things that we assume that, I mean, come on, you should know that that's not something exactly. beneficial to you, yes. right? So what, what would you say are some of the most, particularly for young girls, um, some of the most, the things that you feel need to be paid attention to most. You had already mentioned that, uh, for example, teenage pregnancy is a very big thing here in South Africa. Apart from that, do you find that there, there are other things that young girls need to be need to be put in a room and have that thing addressed? Yes, I think, you know, it stems from a lot of insecurity when you do reach um, adolescence. Yeah. I know how it felt being 12, 13. And honestly, I would say that I come from a more privileged point of view of being able to go to a suburban school. I grew up with both my parents. Yeah. And these factors allowed me to become the person that I am today. But a lot of young girls don't have that. And I think that being able to relate to them on that level, but also understand that with gui without guidance, a lot mm. of girls end up on the wrong path. It's then very important for the people that did have that guidance to go out and to continue to speak about them and really make that difference. I so I that. think that role models, leadership um, positions are very important for young girls. I think that we really need to push for that. So speaking more to the fact that you need to shush those who have had it better yes. need to go and teach the ones who haven't exactly. that this is actually how it should be. Yes. And what's happening to you right now is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Guys, where we've ran out of time, <laughs> but this conversation is way too good. Um, I absolutely love your work. I have Thank to say you. that the more I learn about the things that you do um, in your world, the more I'm excited. Um, and and I, I especially do hope that you have more r people that you inspire to take the path that you've taken. I mean, we're not saying everyone has to be a doctor <laughs> or anything no, we yeah don't. but understand that you can exist in best in the in the two worlds exactly. um you can exist perhaps maybe in corporate and also make a difference in the real world um and i'm also looking forward to the work that you'll be doing together with um uh, child protection hotline because we're working with them meaning yes. that we'll all be working together <laughs> everybody gets to work together yes <laughs> <laughs> all right so with that said guys thank you so much for joining this interview we're not done yet so do stay tuned and we'll be back right after this.